Hello and welcome to another episode of the Troy Francis podcast with me, Troy Francis, coming at you from sunny London town. It is the 2nd of December, Monday morning, and I'm recording this for you bright and early to get the week kick-started. So I hope you had a fantastic weekend or if you're listening to this at another time, which you might well be, hope you're having uh, a good day. And yeah, I wanted to talk today about something that I actually tackled in an email that I sent out to my email subscriber base uh, last week. And I, the email was entitled, Why Game is Not Enough. And that's really what I want to talk about in this coming podcast, because it seemed to hit a nerve with people. It seemed to be something that resonated with people. And so I wanted to just bring it to wider attention and give it a little bit more of a uh, a discussion, if you like, in this podcast form. But before we get into that, just very briefly, parish announcements. So my book bundle, which is called Renegade Dating Blueprint, which includes 10 of my best, best-selling books about dating, game, the sexual marketplace, and all of those good things, is going to be discontinued after New Year. So basically on New Year's Day, the first of the first 2020, Renegade Dating Blueprint, which is the name of that book bundle, will be disbanded because I'm moving on to bigger and better things, which I'll be telling you about soon. So that bundle contains books like Still in the Game, How to Be an Arsehole, uh, Fifty Shades of Game, etc., etc. So there's uh, Text Game Mastery. So there's lots of fantastic material in there culled from my, you know, 10, 15 years or so in the field working on this kind of material, exploring the sexual marketplace in the trenches so you don't have to. So I would highly recommend if you're interested in reading those books, as I say, there are 10 of them. There's a lot of material in there, uh, garnered over a lot of of years with a lot of different experiences put into that. Those books uh, will no longer be available, but you can get them right now in the bundle for just $39. So the full value really of the whole bundle is $250, but you can get it for, for $39. So if you're at all interested in that, I would encourage you to to check it out, uh, to to click on the link below today and to purchase that bundle because it will be going very soon. And if you're listening to this after the 1st of January 2020, then I'm afraid that the bundle has been discontinued and so you have lost your chance. But uh, there is lots of new material coming out, so keep your ears and eyes peeled for that. Uh, Beyond that, I am up. I'm really sort of focusing on YouTube at the moment, growing the channel. So, obviously, this, if you're not listening to this podcast on YouTube, then head over to YouTube to my channel there and do be sure to hit the subscribe button and notifications because it really helps me to get the word out there and to grow the channel and to keep putting out this content. Uh, But aside from this podcast, I'll be putting out three to four other videos per week with me talking about uh, different subject matter related to dating, uh, but also more generally to sort of charisma and influence and power and getting what you want in life, because that's really what all of this comes down to. It's how do you get the outcomes that you want, whether that is in the dating marketplace 
or whether it's in a relationship or whether it's in some other sort of interaction like a job interview or getting your business off the ground or becoming respected or whatever it is that you want. So for all of that material, head over to my YouTube channel, do hit subscribe, do hit notifications and enjoy the fruits of my labors which will be coming out to you on there uh, over the week and going into next year. Okay, so let's get into the focus of today's podcast, which is why game is not enough. So I thought to kick things off, I will read you the email that I sent out to my email subscriber base last week uh, that is the, the impetus for this, if you like. And by the way, if you're not on my daily email list, then I would highly recommend that you sign up to that. Again, the link is below. I send out a free article every day, Monday to Friday. And I also update with news, with giveaways, with uh, little nuggets of information that you you can't get on social media from me. So uh, highly recommend that you get on my email list if you're not already, just because it will keep you absolutely up to date with all of the latest stuff that is going on. And obviously you can respond to the emails and ask questions. And in fact, I'd, I'd highly encourage you to ask me questions because I'm very keen to be putting out some some uh, Q&A videos again or sort of reader question videos again, as I've done in the past. And in fact, I've already got a good number of questions from people already that I'll be addressing in forthcoming weeks. So hit the link below to get on my email list. Anyway, this is the email that I sent out entitled, Why Game Is Not Enough. Um, I said, I've been in the dating space for a good long time now, over 15 years, in fact. And one thing I can tell you for free is this. Game is no longer enough. Why? Simply because the marketplace has shifted significantly in the past decade or so. Not to sugarcoat it, it's got a lot harder. Back in the early 2000s, when I first began the practice of cold social approaches in earnest, things were very different, largely because social media wasn't really a thing yet. As far as I can remember, MySpace may have been around, but Facebook was still a twinkle in Mark Zuckerberg's eye. And as for Instagram or Tinder, forget it. Fast forward to today, and we now have access to all of these apps and more. Connectivity is constant. Choice and variety are endless. The sexual marketplace is now global rather than local, with girls from tiny Russian villages being flown to Dubai by wealthy playboys every single weekend. Perhaps at one time it was possible to learn a few techniques or, God forbid, lines from the internet to impress girls with, but those days are now gone. Now, you need to stand out from the crowd. Mediocrity is verboten, and those who have the audacity to embody it will be cruelly ridiculed or worse, ignored. Having taught game for a long time, I can say from experience that men who know all the theory but lack charisma get rejected in field very quickly indeed. In a world where everyone is the star of their own social media production, you have to be a star in real life too in order to thrive to get the recognition from women and from society at large that you really deserve. In fact, I'll let you in on a little secret. I've never been the most technical practitioner of game anyway. Yes, I know all the textbook stuff, and I've winged with some of the best on the planet. But when it comes down to my own game, it was much more based on vibe, that is on personal charisma, than anything else. By building up my confidence over many years and going from bedroom introvert to party boy player... At one time, I've calmed down a bit since then, I was able to ace interactions even when I didn't have the right things to say. 
Now, when I talk about charisma, people ask me if it's something that can be taught uh, and learned, to which I answer yes, 100%, because I'm living proof of it. The study of charisma, what it is and how to acquire it, has really been my abiding obsession over the last 15 years. And now it's my intention to share everything I've learned with you so you can enjoy the incredible benefits it brings too in these emails and also across my other channels. Live the life you want, not the life you think you should. Okay, so that was the text of the email that I sent out last Wednesday to subscribers. And it garnered quite a good response. Quite a few people came back to me and commented, and they agreed with the central proposition, which is that the dating marketplace really has become a lot tougher, certainly in the period that I mentioned, which is over the last 10, 15 years. Why is that? Well, it's for the reason that I mentioned, social media. I mean, I think we can't underestimate the vast degree to which the internet, and specifically social media or or, or mass connectivity, if you like, has changed the world. And I'm one of that generation. I didn't grow up with internet. Uh, I'm perhaps one of the the last generation of people who uh, grew up in a completely analog world you know that the internet hadn't been invented when I was a kid there was no there were no mobile phones none of this stuff um you, you know computers didn't really come in until I was oh, I don't know maybe 10 or so when you would get a computer to play games on and things like that maybe uh, early word processing or whatever but um connectivity in the way that we know it now is a really really new thing it's really come about in the last you know, since the early 2000s, I suppose. Well, actually, sorry, that's not quite accurate. Email was around before that. But the sort of social connectivity that we know uh, is a relatively new thing. And it's, it's really interesting, I think, to be of that slightly older generation where you're not really born into that. So I'm now, obviously, my uh, whole business really is predicated on social media. That's how I uh, speak to people. That's how I put these podcasts out. That's how I attract customers through these social channels as well as through my own website. But um, so I'm fully au fait with all of it and I I will keep up with all of the the developments as things progress and as things move on. But I'm not a digital native, if you like. I'm not a social media native. And as we move into a time where more and more people are, where more and more people have just been, you know, just been born into this world where you can connect with people all over the planet uh, just by tapping a few keys or sending an emoji or something. Um, that just really, really changes everything. And it's, it's very hard for people, perhaps, who were born slightly later, who have born it, been born into social media as just a norm, to understand the real seismic change that's come about. Um, I, I find it fascinating. I think it's such an interesting area to think about and to discuss. And I I have to say, I always knew that social media would change the world. It is the most seismic thing I think that's happened to us as 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 a species, you know, the human species since, I don't even know really, the Enlightenment or something like that. I mean, it's an incredibly profound change in human, in the way that human beings live. Why? Because we've never before being able to communicate with one another en masse in the way that we can now. And we're seeing the ramifications of this, not just in dating and and, and sex, although it's certainly having big effects on on that, which I'll I'll get into in a second, but also in politics as well. 
we only have to look at the uh, the election of Donald Trump. We only have to look at Brexit to see how social media is bypassing the the old means of mass communication, which was the mainstream media, and it's creating its own groundswell. It's creating its own um, tribes, and, and the tribes that rise to dominance in social media can then go on to, to, to affect real-life events, real-world events, like the, the, uh, the election of Donald Trump, for example, uh, which was... To, to, to a large degree, a social media phenomenon. You know, it was, it was driven by social media. It was driven by people getting together on social media and saying, we're not happy with the status quo. We're not happy with, uh, you know, the way things are, the way things have been. We want to see real change. And we believe that Trump is the man who's going to bring that about. Now, you know, subsequent events have perhaps not necessarily borne that out. But nevertheless, um, it was social media that did that. And, you, you know, this is why... The, the mainstream, if you like, are floundering now because and the, and the other thing is as well, we all know about the decline of the mainstream media itself. We all know about the decline of newspapers, for example. Um, and, and these days, yes, you can go onto a newspaper website and you can read you know, the, the, the Times of London, you can read the New York Times, you can read the Financial Times, you can read you know, the Chicago Tribune or whatever it is uh, and get that mainstream uh, idea of the news, you get that mainstream sense of events. But equally, you can go onto Reddit, you can go onto Twitter, you can go onto you know whatever forum it is that that, that you want to visit, and you can get other people's sense of events. You can get real people's sense of of what's happening in the world. And depending on where you you stand, depending on where you're coming from, that other perspective might be more real than the mainstream media perspective. And so suddenly now there is no, uh, how can I put it? There is, there is no sort of commonly agreed upon source of authority. Suddenly all news is fake. Suddenly all facts are open to question. Suddenly all sources are open to uh, debate about their validity, let's say. You know, who's funding these people? Who has created this platform? Why should we respect or... Uh, you know, take seriously a channel just because it's a legacy media channel over and above a small Twitter feed created by an anonymous user on Twitter. Increasingly, people are saying, well, actually, the authenticity of the anonymous Twitter feed might mean that the information that it provides is more robust and I should take more notice of it than this sort of bloated corporate mainstream media channel that I no longer trust because trust is now given to those who appear to be authentic and increasingly the big mainstream channels don't appear to us to be authentic and so this is causing some pretty unusual things to happen in in society and across the globe and you know I think it's I don't know. I mean, who knows where we go from here? I don't think we're going to see the full ramifications of this for a long time. And I think we're going to see some very, very strange things happening across the globe as the human race gets used to this connectivity, which just didn't exist before, has never existed before in the whole history of humankind. Because when you think about it, if you go back to sort of primordial times, then there's the classic much talked about in Evo psych circles tribe culture where we were just all 
in these little tribes of 50 people or whatever it was. I think it was up to 500 people maybe or something like that. Uh, and you had no contact with anybody else outside of that. You know, that was a fantasy. And then, fast forwarding into, you know, the 19th century, into the 20th century, yes, there was global communication. Yes, we weren't entirely cut off with people from the opposite side of the planet. But, you know, back in Charles Darwin's time, if you wanted to travel to America, you know, to another country, it would take you weeks and weeks and it, and it would be this kind of, you know, this massive performance in order to get there. Nowadays, or if you sent a letter, it would take ages for it to get there and so on and so forth. Um, and, and you could only communicate on a person-by-person basis. It would be very hard unless you were powerful uh, to communicate on a mass scale. And of course, the mass media only really came in in the 20th century in the early part of, well, I suppose the late 19th century, perhaps with newspapers and then increasingly into the 20th century, but only the very powerful uh, or rich or people who had favor were able to communicate on a mass scale. Now, anybody can do it. I'm doing it now. I can talk into my computer and I can put out uh, a podcast and I can disseminate it on a mass scale to as many people as, as want to listen to it across the planet. And that is absolutely nuts. And it just didn't exist before. And, you know, people who have very, very big followings, 100,000 plus on Twitter or, or, you know, hundreds of thousands on YouTube, etc., have a really, really big reach. And in many cases, they have a, a bigger reach than the mainstream media does. And they can also be taken more seriously because, as I say, they appear to be more authentic. All right, anyway... My ramblings have gone on for, for quite a while now, and I need to sort of tie this back to, to dating, which is what we were originally talking about. So in the dating marketplace, and this has been talked about a lot, this isn't a particularly new concept that I'm bringing to light here, but in the dating marketplace, the same sort of thing has happened. We're seeing globalization in the dating marketplace. Why? Because Instagram is a global app because uh, Tinder you can use globally, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, you know, Facebook, whatever it is. So what this basically means is that uh, a very beautiful girl who's sitting in a Russian village in the middle of the snow somewhere, eating, I don't know, whatever she eats, her borscht or whatever, uh, could go on Instagram, post some cute pictures of herself, and suddenly she's garnering attention, not just from the guy from the next village, but from some Saudi prince or from some, you know, international playboy who wants to fly to to Dubai for the weekend. So that phenomenon, this phenomenon which is born out of connectivity and the ability to put ourselves on a platform and and, and disseminate it to the planet is going to have a profound effect on the dating marketplace because suddenly that girl's options are global. Suddenly that girl's options have been blown out of all sense of what they would originally have been. I mean, 20 years ago, that girl will probably have just married a, a dude from the local town because what else was she going to do? You know? Um, and of course, another thing that, ke- that plays into all of this is, is cheap travel as well. It's, it's now a lot cheaper for us to travel than it was, I don't know, 25 years ago, certainly. You know, we can get around the globe pretty easily these days. Uh, and that coupled with this uh, technology of connectivity through social media facilitates all of this. And, it, and so what it means is that girls' options are, are infinite or infinitely bigger than they, they ever were just a short time ago. And also, by the way, guys as well. I'm not saying this isn't, 
re relegated just to one gender. This is all both genders have the ability to fish outside of their normal dating pool and to attract potential partners anywhere on the planet. We've got almost infinite choice. And certainly girls have that. And, and what that means as a guy, suddenly the dude who's living in that small, tiny Russian village, covered in snow, eating borscht in the morning, you know, maybe he's got like an old Skoda or something that, has, that doesn't work properly. And he's trying to impress this girl. And, and suddenly, whereas 20 years ago, maybe she would have married that dude because she had a lack of options. Now she's thinking, well, hang on a minute. Do I go with this dude or why don't I go for a weekend in Dubai with this international party playboy who looks really hot on Instagram because that guy's got loads of money and perhaps I could end up, you know, getting married to him, leave my little tiny snowy village and go and, have, you know, sit, sit poolside for the rest of my life and sit cocktails and have a, a fantastic life. So, you know, now whether that fantasy would actually play out in reality or not it, it is a secondary thing. You know, maybe not. Maybe the playboy would fly her over, have sex with her, and then discard her, and she'd be left high and dry. Well, you know, that kind of thing happens, yes. But the the sense in the girl's mind that she's got this great array of opportunities changes everything. It changes the whole ball game. And this is not just happening in tiny Russian villages. It's happening in London. It's happening in New York. It's happening in Dubai. It's happening in Amsterdam, everywhere across the planet. The the marketplace, and, and increasingly, um, I mean, obviously, maybe you can put China off the list, but in, increasingly, as social media penetrates new marketplaces like, you know, India, etc., um, it's, it's happening all over the world. So choice that's being injected into the market via the connectivity of apps has perverted the market in a way that we've never seen before. And so... My response to this and what I was outlining in that email to subscribers and, and really where I'm sort of going with my content is that, so what can we do about this? What, if you're a guy and you're, you're out there and you're, you, know, you want to get a date for this week or you want to just meet some cute girls and go out with them and have a fun time or you want to meet somebody to be in a relationship with or whatever it is, what do you actually do about this? Because the proposition and I believe this to be correct, and I've had guys coming back to me agreeing with me on this, is that things have got a lot harder. It's no longer, you know, when I was first going out in London doing game, in inverted commas, um, I don't know, 15 years ago now, early 2000s, I'm not saying it was easy. It's, ne it's never been easy, you know, but certainly, you know, you could go out and you could you didn't have to be spectacularly impressive you could go out and be sort of um pretty mediocre really as a as a player and you would get positive female attention and you know for me it was almost guaranteed that i would go out and i would i would garner positive female attention every single time i went out just because i was good i knew what i was doing i knew the things to say and um Mm. A little bit of green tea there. And uh, yeah, you know, it, it wasn't really that hard. Fast forward to today, and guys have it a lot tougher for, for this reason. Because actually, are girls even going out to clubs and lounges anymore to meet guys? Well, maybe not, because why would they? You know, they've got Tinder, they've got Happen, they've got um, Hinge or whatever it is, you know, all of the apps. 
they can meet guys through that. Their DMs on on Instagram are filled to bursting with guys, you know, hitting them up, uh, calling them beautiful, asking them, you know, to 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 come out to Hawaii for the weekend or whatever it is. Um, yeah, you know, the options are suddenly limitless. So so suddenly the the necessity for her to meet some dude in the local nightclub is significantly reduced. And people talk about day game as well. And I mean, day game, yes, is a good way to uh, to meet to meet women without a doubt. But, you know, the, the same principles apply there as well. Just because it's in the daytime, that girl may not go to clubs. Uh, but she still has this choice. She still has all of these options open to her. Now, another thing to bear in mind, though, and this came up actually at a, a dinner I attended yesterday where we were, we were talking a, a bit about the sexual marketplace and about these dynamics, is that choice seems like a good thing to human beings, but actually we don't like too much choice, really. The reality is that all of us, men and women, you know, if we're faced with too much choice, if we go into the restaurant and there's a menu and there's 300 things on the menu, that's actually very difficult for us to, to handle. That's very difficult for us to deal with. Um, whereas if we go to a small bijou restaurant and there are only, say, five dishes on the menu and they, they prepare special dishes each, each night and it's, it's, it's only five or so, that makes it a lot easier. The choice is a lot smaller. And so we're able to to sort of lock into that. And I think one thing that's happening is that increasingly people are becoming a bit jaded about the amount of choice they have. You hear people saying, well, you know, there's all of these options. But the thing is, if you know, you always end up with FOMO because if you don't settle on one option and you let it go, then you realize that actually the grass isn't necessarily greener on the other side. And you think, oh, but what if I have just kept up with that that first person that I interacted with? rather than moving on and moving on and moving on and, you know, going in this endless circle of decadence and, and debauchery, you know, and, and just not really finding anything satisfying. Because infinite choice, you know, it, it's never going to satisfy you. And this is the player's dilemma. It's never going to really satisfy you because there's always another one. There's always another mountain to climb. There's always another girl to meet. There's always another, you know, relationship to get into. There's always another interaction or whatever. At what point are you going to be satisfied? Well, you know, really you're not. <laughs> None of us are, you know, and this is, as I say, this is the player's dilemma. Um, but that's a little bit further down the line and probably a subject for another, another episode. What we need to focus on here is, is what you do about this problem. If you're, you know, the kind of average guy, you're going out, you're meeting girls, you're interacting with girls, but you're not getting the traction that you want. You're not getting the the kind of um, results that you hope for. And you suspect that it's something to do with this dynamic. You suspect it's something to do with the, uh, the connectivity and the options that these girls have open to them. Well, the only thing that you can do, really, is to increase your value, increase your perceived value, so that when you go to this girl and you interact with her and you say, hi, my name is Troy. I am blah, blah, blah. I wanted to come and meet you because you look very nice and blah, blah, you know, etc. You've Your value has to be such that she forgets all about her DMs on Instagram. She forgets all about her matches on Tinder. She forgets all about the other options and she, she sees you and you're first and foremost in her attention and in her mind. And if you're able to do that in real life, then 
you're going to have a very good chance of making something happen with that particular goal. Now, here's the thing. The advantage that we have in this marketplace is that actually, despite all of the, or perhaps because of this connectivity that we're seeing on, in the online sphere, people are not as good in real life. And actually, meeting in real life, presenting oneself in real life is becoming something of a dying art because most of us are just sitting in our basements all day looking at screens, interacting with people over screens. So the ability to interact in real life face-to-face with other human beings and the, the ability to be charismatic while we're doing it is something that is highly, highly prized. And if you're able to come over with a plum, if you're able to present yourself in a dynamic, charismatic, sexy, kind of exciting way, then you are going to score major, major brownie points. You are going to be looked upon favorably by the opposite sex. You're going to get more dates. You're going to get more sex. You're going to get more relationships. You're going to get more of everything. Because a lot of dudes, to be frank, aren't really, do, aren't really able to do that. You know, they're able to swipe on Tinder. They're able to send a few messages. They're able to, you know, to do whatever. But meeting them face-to-face, have they got what it takes? Um, and this is why I've been talking about charisma so much recently. And this is why I really want to do a deep dive into the subject of charisma. Because as I've said elsewhere... From my own experience, I, I know this to be the case. I mean, game is it, not enough anymore, to come back to the title of this, because I've seen guys who know loads and loads about game, who know all of the techniques, they've, they've read the books, they've seen the videos, they know all of the theory, but in practice, they just lack charisma, and it falls flat. So knowing the theory, knowing the techniques... It's, it's just, it's not enough. You need to inject something more. You need to inject personality. You need to inject charisma. And, okay, fine. So what is charisma? How do we apply it? How do we, can it be taught? Well, I've made a video already saying it can be. You know, but what is it? What are the constituent parts? How can we am, amplify those elements within ourselves so that when we approach a girl, we come across in a dynamic and sexy, exciting way. That's really what my content is about because I want to give you the tools to do that. And, it, and you know, people say to me, okay, so can a guy who's, who's playing and a little bit dull and perhaps he's a bit of an introvert, can he become charismatic? My answer to that is yes. Now, I'm not saying that every dude is going to become George Clooney or every guy is going to become Robbie Williams or Russell Brand or whatever. I mean, of course... You know, look, the reality, there's a reality here. We're all coming from a certain baseline. And I'm not saying that you can become, you, you know, you're going to seduce the world. I'm not saying you're going to become Don Juan. I'm not saying you're going to become Casanova. But can you improve? Yes, 100%. 110% you can improve. You can, you can learn the fundamentals of charisma and you can bring those to bear on your relationships, on your interactions, and you can improve your batting average. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And that's what I want to bring to you. That's what I want to teach you because that is what's going to make a real difference in your life. That's what's going to take you, you know, James Altucher talks about improving by 1% every day. You know, don't necessarily think, okay, I've got to improve 200% by March. Instead, think, I'm going to improve 1% every day. Well, what's really going to make a difference to your bottom line, socially and sexually and romantically? Charisma, because it's charisma that tips the balance. Can you improve charisma by 1% every day? Yes, you can. So 
I hope you can see the, the logic here. What I'm basically saying is that, yes, social media is uh, both a blessing and a curse. It's, it's a problem because it means that, that people have a lot of options and that means that competition is fiercer. So the only way to combat that is to improve your offering. Now, of course, another element of this is self-improvement in general. Yes, and, and yes, you want to go to the gym. Yes, you want to dress well. Yes, you want to improve your posture. Um, uh, and actually, posture and body language really comes into charisma anyway. Um, but yes, you, you want to improve your finance. You want to improve you know, all of these different elements about yourself. But it's also in the presentation. And charisma really is intricately connected with presentation because it's how you put yourself across so you could be you know a bum living on someone's couch but if you could be charismatic if you can sell yourself in a way that is attractive then you're still going to get more traction than the dull schlub who gets a few tinder dates and then isn't able to convert because he doesn't have anything about him so this is the this is the stuff gentlemen this is the, the this is the magic that you've been looking for. And this is what I'm going to be exploring in further episodes of this podcast and also in my videos. And um, I've got some bit, some plans for, for products and some you know um, books and things coming out next year. And it's really to drive home this point. It's really to give you the information you need to use this stuff to take you to the next level. Because guys, you know, there's a war out there. There's a war for attention, okay? And if we're going to win through this war, if, and it's only going to get more intense, it's not going to get any easier. That's the other thing to bear in mind. You, know, you might be complaining now. It's not going to get any easier. So you've got to put yourself in the best possible position, and that's what we're going to be working on. So I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you, I hope you understand where I'm coming from. I hope you get what I'm saying here. And um, I firmly believe this is the way forward. I firmly believe, and, and I said in a tweet the other day, in a game, because this is effectively a sort of an inner game concept, really, or an inner game set of ideas. Inner game has been derided for a long time. People always used to say, "Oh, inner game, you know, it's, it's all just, you know, in, it's all just uh, mental masturbation." But the truth of the matter is that it's actually inner game that really gets you ninety percent of the results. Outer outer game, which which means techniques, which means lines, which means what do I say now? Do I touch her arm at this particular moment, et cetera, et cetera? That stuff's useful, but it's very easy to learn that stuff. It's the inner game stuff, and it's the ability to externalize that inner game through charisma that is going to get you the results that you want. Anyway, enough of my inane ramblings. I'm going to leave it for today. Hope you like the show. Do hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Do hit the notifications bell. Do leave a comment and all of that good stuff because that really helps me to get the message out there about the show, to grow the channel, to keep putting out this content. If you haven't already, buy my uh, bundle, which is called Renegade Dating Blueprint, just $39 for my 10 books about dating, game, seduction, the sexual marketplace, all of that good stuff. And hit the link below also to be on my email list, which goes out every day, Monday to Friday. Okay, I'm going to leave it there for now. See you soon. Bye-bye.